Kerner, Kerner, he did it again, Figgy. Two homers. Now that's a big league foodie. Diaz made us uh, breathe heavily, heart palpitations. But Figgy, the Mets take three of four from the Phillies and are four games up on the Braves. All's well that ends well, Jake. And I think that's what you're looking for from this team. They went into Philadelphia and did what they had to do and looking forward to the week to come. Subway series is coming. Old Timers Day is coming on Saturday and we'll have a live pod. But we have a crossover pod as Mark Luino and James Shiano from the Mets Up podcast, the New York Mets official podcast, are going to join us to talk about all Mets, Philly, Subway Series, Old Timers Day, lots to do, and a couple of voicemails from guys playing in the Old Timers Day for the Mets. That's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. And he gets on the first one. It's a deep to left. Back toward the corner. Right near the wall. And it's out of here. Mark Hanna ties the game with a three-run homer. Fly ball left field. Back goes Maton looking up at the wall. delivers and it's in there strike three call put it in the books and the new york mets have come from behind to win one of their most memorable victories in years welcome back to amazing but true a new york mets podcast from the new york post those highlights you heard courtesy of sny what a game what a weekend unbelievable in the words of Gary Cohen, Jake Brown here alongside my co-host Nelson Figueroa, Giraffe Neck Mark himself, Mark Luino, and James Shiano from the Mets Up podcast. That's right, the official Mets podcast. They're going to join us in just a few minutes. We'll play some voicemails as we get you ready for Old Timers Day Saturday. Ebbs Brewing Co. after the Mets Rockies game. It'll be after the game, 10 30, 11. We'll see what time. Come on out to Ebbs Brewing Co. That will be presented by your Tri-State Cadillac dealers. We're excited for a big day Saturday. But Figgy, we would be remiss if we didn't start with this team continuing to show their resiliency. They go out and Jose Buto was booty. He was terrible. Seven runs, down 7-4, rain delay. Have no fear. Nate Fisher is here. Nate Fisher comes in three scoreless innings as debut. We'll play that audio in a second. And Mark Hanna just continues to prove to us all, Biggie, the tremendous signing that he was and continues to come up with big hits. Just the easiest guy to root for. Great guy in the clubhouse. Two dingers, a game tying three run homer, a go ahead two run homer in the ninth as the Mets were down 8 7. Nimmo gets a big insurance run. 
Diaz makes us breathe heavily for the first time since June 22nd, and the Mets win an absolute thriller. And this team continues to show us why it's so easy to root for them, why it's so thrilling to be a Mets fan right now, why it's so joyful to just cover this team all year and do this podcast. This year is special. This team is built different. Buck Showalter pushing all the right buttons, and the Mets are getting unlikely heroes, including guys who worked at a bank last summer. What a game. What a weekend. What a season this continues to be for the Mets figure. <laughs> uh, I think the uh, was the movie. I know what you did last summer. Now we know what Nate Fisher was doing last summer. That's one of those great stories. And you root for guys like that. And then you, although you woke up this morning not knowing who the hell he was or who was starting for the Mets, you sat back and said, all right, let's see what these guys can do. Budo struggled and the rain delay. And then all of a sudden Fisher comes out and Fisher gives you exactly what you need. Three scoreless innings. Uh, you know, wasn't overpowering, wasn't overwhelming. Very happy for him. He wasn't overwhelmed by that Phillies lineup. You know, you go into Philadelphia. It's already a place where it's uh, just warming up in Philadelphia could be a, a big task. You know, they, they let you know about everything and anything under the sun. So for him to survive just that bullpen getting ready, goes out there in front of the fans, gives them three unbelievable innings, keep that offense at bay and give the Mets a chance. And that's what you're saying with this team. Just give them a chance. Uh, keep it within striking distance and let's see what happens. Mark Canna, you know, again, we were singing his praises last week. It's because of the professional at bats. Every single at bat, there's no throwaway at bat with this guy. He doesn't just go out there and, and swing at pitches that are over his head or bouncing in the other batter's box trying to do too much. He takes what's given to him, notices like throughout this whole series, he's being pitched inside a ton, fastballs up and in, try and challenge him to you know use his hands a little bit more, turn and burn his last two at bats, hits the two home runs. And now all you're doing is waiting for Edwin Diaz to uh, you know be able to put these Phillies away and just th- just three hitters. But you saw Real Muto swings at the first pitch, hits a line drive, almost hits Diaz right in the right in the shoulder, if not in the head. Uh, and he turns around to the dugout. He's pointing with his finger like one, like first pitch. Next guy comes up there, swings first pitch. How do you avoid striking out in the big leagues? You don't get to two strikes. And so you got to sit on one pitch and get one pitch. So if you're guessing, and we saw a lot of hitters swing first pitch when he threw some nasty sliders and they swung over him mightily, then that opens up the zone for him because he can then go back to that slider, open it up with a fastball, and he was able to not not panic. And I think most Met fans were like, yeah, he's all right. He'll be fine. Gave up the one run. Now that guy that's the tying run is at first. So you're feeling a lot better because it's going to take you know a, a major – uh, catastrophe there with a double or an extra base hit. 99 on the black with movement, nasty slider, wipeout slider, and all's well in Metsland. 10-9 victory. Right out of the jaws of defeat, they take that victory. It's amazing. Just no matter what the score is, I mean, especially against the Phillies. I mean, they had 7-1 uh, earlier in the year and the no-hitter, and now this 14-5 versus the Phillies. Just unbelievable in what was an unbelievable week. And Nate Fisher, what a story Hearts, let's cue up the audio of Nate Fisher talking after the game about, you know, the experience and getting a text from his old boss. You still talk to anybody from the bank? <laughs> I, I haven't checked my phone yet, but I saw one guy that texted me, so my old boss. So, yeah. When were you ignorant? It was just a year ago you were at the bank? Yeah, June of 2021, I, I, I re-signed with the Seattle and uh, came from the bank. And what was your job there? I was a commercial analyst, uh, commercial lending analyst, so evaluating loans and a lot of fun stuff. What, what brought you back to baseball? Well, just with COVID, there's so much uncertainty. I didn't know, you know, if the opportunity to rise. So when when it came, I just obviously ran with it, and you know, this is my dream. So 
just try to make the most of it. What's harder, facing this Phillies lineup or some of the banking stuff you were doing? <laughs> Probably the Phillies lineup, but those days can get long at the bank, too. <laughs> Longer than today? Yeah, just, today was great. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like the every average Joe story. The guy's checking like loan applications from losers like me to now pitching in a pennant race baseball game in August against the Phillies, the Mets try to take a series and one through 26. I keep saying it with this team, no matter who it is on this roster, they've made a contribution, including the likes of like Michael Perez, like the 12th string catcher who had a couple of big hits this week. And now you're getting it from Brett Beatty. Who's here. His first hit first at bat two run Homer. Mets win that game, a game they had to win. Everyone's ready to go panic city. This team pushes the right buttons. They're getting contributions from guys you haven't heard of, like Fisher, from prospects that you've been waiting for, and Beatty. Maybe we'll see Alvarez here down the road. Maybe we'll see a Vientos. But no matter what, you can't give up with this team. And they continue to be resilient and fight back from losses with wins and getting contributions across the board. And, of course, they're getting it from the regulars too, Figgy. And can we just give Jeff McNeil a gold glove? This is getting ridiculous. I mean, he's making every and any catch that looks impossible. This was a guy who was, like, positionless. Positionless in Seattle. There we go. I had to say it. He continues to dazzle with his defense. Everyone on this roster doing something. You love to see team effort. That's what championship teams are built of. Yeah, and the, and the other thing also is when the Phillies are starting to get on Diaz a little, who was the one that went out there? Buck Showalter. Wasn't the pitching coach. He I love out, that. He went out there and he had, you know, just a little something to say. A little, we, we, we have confidence in you. Let's switch up the signs, whatever it may be. But something's not right. They're on the first two pitches like that. Something's not right. That Let's mix it up a little bit more. Whether we, you know, it, it's just the way he holds the baseball. Whether he does something, he's like, something's not right. And I love that in that moment because that's that veteran manager who goes out there and he's a calming effect right away. Normally a manager goes out there, you're in a panic because that means you're coming out of the game. Diaz is usually if that happens, that means he's blown it already. It was the first two batters. And he said, you know what? Let's nip this thing in the bud. Let me calm him down right here. Let him know that this is his game and just keep doing what he's doing. We're just going to switch up probably the sequencing or maybe not even go with signs. Uh, A lot of times we do that where if you feel like a guy at second base is going to be giving the signs or, you know, they know the pattern of your signs of putting down the fingers, you might go to touches. So you might touch, you know, one shin guard, the other shin guard, the chest protector, maybe the, the helmet and how many touches you do is what pitch you're going to throw out. So there's a whole bunch of different things that you can go through. And that's something where Buck Showalter, having all that experience, said, you know what? I'm going to make so we mix something up here. I saw people mad at him for certain moves. Listen, the Trevor May move, you had no one else there. I mean, Trevor May has just been terrible. I mean, he's not going to be trusted anymore. This was a move that had to be made, doubleheader. They didn't really have any arms. I mean, Trevor May is not going to be in any real tight games down the stretch. And if he is, the Mets are in trouble. He's just been a long ball machine. But Edwin Diaz showed us he's human. It was a big Edwin Diaz week for us after we had Blaster Jacks on. We did the Edwin Diaz challenge. And for the haters of the Edwin Diaz challenge, the people said, stop it or F you or I'm less interested now. Touch grass. It's fun. It's dumb. I went to grab a banana. It's a joke because I had my first banana a few weeks ago. Get a life and stop getting mad about people running to the song Narco. It's a great song. Go outside. Live a little. Stop being so miserable. Good God, there's so many people on Twitter and in life who just, I don't know if they hate their lives, they're miserable, and they just want to be so negative. The team's in first place. Let us run to our studio or desk to Narco. If you don't like it, skip it. 
Good God, people are so miserable. Order some shrimp lo mein, get some Chinese food, talk to a dietitian, maybe lose a few pounds like me. Everything you just complained about, you described yourself in it. I'm not understanding. That's a little self-loathing. I think you need to see a therapist. Maybe I do. I don't know. (laughs) People say that. I'm like, maybe I should. I just rant out my thoughts, but goddamn. I mean, it's fun. And then Blaster Jack said, you probably have people quoting, it's old now, it's old news. Shut up. Get a life. Had to get that off my chest. But we got a lot coming up this week. Subway Series. Figgy, I'm pumped because you got the Yankees reeling, the Mets sizzling, and DeGrom and Scherzer on the mound. Now, if Mother Mm -hmm. Nature hopefully doesn't ruin this, this could set up for another Mets sweep. And then that takes you to the Old Timers Day weekend. Ebbs Brewing Co. after the game, 11 p.m., 10, 30, 11. We'll see you there on Saturday. But this sets up for, you know, a, a nice weekend ahead. If they could beat the Yankees after this, Figgy, nine games of 37 after these two against teams over 500. That's a quarter of their schedule. Three-fourths of their schedule are against bad baseball teams. The Mets with a four-game lead, despite the Braves continuing to sizzle and they beat the Astros two out of three, they're in position here to have a nice September. And I won't say coast. They're not going to coast, obviously. The Braves are just playing incredible, and we'll take any time they lose when you can. This schedule is setting up here, and if you could beat these Yankees, and then the big series against the Dodgers next week, a potential NLCS preview at City Field. It's looking good for this team if they keep playing like this down the stretch. I love this team. I cried emotionally almost Sunday after that win. What a game. What just every game has been so fun to watch locked in your TV. Give me all the Mets content. I've been watching highlights over and over and Gary, you know, throwing his pen down in the, in the, uh, in the booth <laughs> and the excitement that he has there a lot. Give me all the Mets content. And for all the Mets content, you got the Mets up podcast and Mark Luino and uh, James Shiano from Mets up are going to join amazing, but true next. I'm sure Max is in there packing my bag right now. He's always on me. He blew the horn on me the other day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Joining us now, it's a little crossover pod here as we welcome to Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, Mark Luino, and James Shiano from Mets Up, the official Mets podcast. Subscribe to their show and you could check out their shows on the New York Mets YouTube page. We've had tea and crumpets, a few white claws together, a few <laughs> claws and cranes at the Diddy in Astoria. Mark might hear me because he's like a couple of blocks from me right now at his apartment. Real close. James is a little further away. James, the only one without artwork in the back of him. No uh, yeah. Picasso photos or anything. Right next to this wall, too. It's not even room to make a background. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New York City Apartments. Welcome to the program. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. We finished our episode not too long ago. It's just buzzing from a great weekend of Mets baseball once again. I got emotional when Mark Canna hit that homer. There were like tears coming down my face. <laughs> like I was so hyped, lost my voice a little bit. Might have been singing the Mamma Mia last night too as well, but it, it was that game and just Diaz putting us through the ringer for the first time since June 22nd. The roller coaster ride. Take us through it as two diehard Mets fans who do the Mets podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually getting, I was ready to get into a deep nap when the rain delay came across and then Canna hit that home run and I was just about to fall asleep. Gary woke me back up. I mean, I was jacked up once that started happening. Like this game was so exciting for the last like half of it. I mean, even the beginning was exciting too, but Mark Canna, I mean, that guy just put the team on his back offensively today. Got to, got to appreciate the veterans stepping up. Longest nine inning game of the year by one minute. Mm-hmm. And it was just so bizarre that a game began at one thirty and it ended as we were all like try- about to eat dinner. When it started pouring, I checked the weather figgy on the for Philadelphia hour by hour. It said rain stopping in 40 minutes. Went to the Shark Tank clips on YouTube. Classic move. <laughs> and then got back to the game. Figgy, I mean, you've probably been in games like that. Just back and forth, roller coaster ride. Gene Segura, like a little baby back, you know, was throwing a bat in the air like they just won the World Series only to be dismayed in the ninth inning. What a wild uh, ride between two teams that you played for both. Yeah, well, you, you know for a fact that Mark Hanna is kind of that soft-spoken guy. He's not the guy that you expect to kind of answer back with any kind of flair, but he did. You didn't get to see it exactly because on the broadcast, they show him hitting the ball and they're following the ball the whole time. He was holding the bat above his head the whole time and kind of just flipped it up in the air like, that's how you bat flip somebody. These are all the kind of little things that happen that create that championship atmosphere. And you never forget moments like this. So this will be part of that Mets greatest finishes in that yearbook. And there's just so much baseball left to play. Also, a guy like Canna is like so smart. We say all year, how good of at-bats this guy takes yes. consistently. To let him see a reliever two days in a row is like, all right, he's going to figure out a way it's next time foolish. you get him. Yeah, it's not smart. And like, it's been so nice too because it seems like since they got Naquin, he's really like stepped up his game too because he you know wasn't getting as much playing time. And now that he's getting back in the lineup consistently, he's just been crushing. It's such a good road trip that, I mean, he's played himself into way more playing time, I think, now. I think Canna, two years, $26 million around there. I mean, that's almost a bargain for this guy. He's got an OBP 100 points higher than his average. Remember, he started the season, he was, like, going to be George Brett. I mean, he was in, like, 400 <laughs> the first month. Then he came back down to life. And he's doing it when his role has decreased here. I mean, some guys would complain, maybe not play the same, struggle a little bit, but not in his everyday role and still been great. And then the other storyline – I mean, we talked about it earlier in the show, uh, Mark and James, but Nate Fisher, I mean, yeah. from from the bank, the like beast. taking care of loans for people like me in 2015, taking out a loan to go to the playoffs to being on a mound a year later. This story is remarkable, and it's another player in this one to 26 Mets mantra of just everybody contributing another wild storyline. That's like impossible not to fall in love with. It's so sick that he was able to come in and just make like an immediate impact for a guy who, like you said, was working in Omaha as like a, 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 a creditor or whatever he was doing. He looked really good too. Like in a big situation, a guy who got up in the first inning and basically pitched until like the seventh, like it's, it's impressive. I was, I love the way Nate Fisher pitched today. Figgy, I don't know if there's something you can speak to from just experience of being a big league pitcher, but seeing him just kind of throw the entire kitchen sink at a Phillies lineup that probably had little to no tape on him whatsoever was kind of beautiful. He wasn't missing many bats. He didn't really get, I think a one strikeout into three innings versus two walks, but just like sliders and changeups and sinkers and all this crazy stuff back and forth just to keep him off balance. Yeah. Yeah. Sliders change up and sinkers. Oh my, right. That's what you expect (laughs) from him. He's not going to blow you away with a fastball. He's not going to be somebody that you're sitting there and scouting upon. So when he's called into action and that's one of the hard things as a long reliever is that when that first starter goes out there and he's struggling a little bit, bam, they call you right away and you start getting loose and you got to pace yourself now because if he finds himself, he's going to be back out there the second inning, second inning, he walks the first two, you're back up there again. You might not get in again. So you're pacing yourself constantly because in that bullpen alone, you 
could throw 30 pitches to get ready that first time, another 30 to stay ready. Now you're 60 pitches deep of throwing and getting game ready. And then all of a sudden, finally, you get your chance. Now you're called upon to do three innings of work. Even though on paper, it may only been like 50, 60 pitches. It really is on the day over 100 pitches to get ready and prepare for that moment. And he made the most of it. Even the pitches aside, like the time he was warming up yeah. the bullpen at about 145 in the afternoon. He threw his last pitch at almost 6 p.m. That's more yeah, than yeah. any baseball game almost the entire year. <laughs> That's something that he'll definitely remember, right? Forever, just the way it happens. And I, oh, I yeah. love the I love the story because again, someone like myself, I've been there. I, I've been with that, you know, hey, I gotta consider other options. You know, this might not work out next year, you know. But if I had the chance, like he said, he left the bank, <laughs> Sayonara, I'm out. And he went and signed with Seattle. And just to see where he, you know, where this could possibly take him, it's very, very fitting to give himself an opportunity and, and another look, at least uh, here with the Mets team that's dealing with a lot of injuries. Figgy, I thought you were gonna say I was a commercial credit analyst and I've checked your LinkedIn. <laughs> I didn't see the first National Bank of Weehawken, uh, New Jersey on your LinkedIn page, Figgy. Did you go to do other jobs? I'm curious actually. Did you like, when there were pauses in your career, did you work at like Dick Sporting Goods or anything? <laughs> no, no, nothing nothing of that magnitude. I mean, I was able to do lessons to stay afloat and, you know, just kind of stay in the baseball element of things and, you know, train people and things like that. But never to a, you know, I had to decide, make a career change. I know the four years that I missed from surgery to when I came back and I made my debut with the Mets. It, it was a, a very long journey. And I think the, the year before I actually signed with the Mets, <clears throat> I started out in Mexico. Well, I actually started out in spring training with the, the Seattle Mariners as a sidearming reliever. Got released with two days left the camp. I wound up going to Mexico, went back up top to be a starter. I threw 150 innings and 18 starts because I wanted to pitch every inning of every game to show that I was healthy. Nothing happened. I went to Taiwan after that, wound up pitching great in Taiwan. Still nothing. I wind up going to Mexican winter ball. Still nothing after that. December 28th, our season finished in Mexico. Next thing I know, I get a call from the Dominican. I go to the Dominican, pitch in their playoffs and did very well. And then Ramon Pena, who was uh, Omar Manaya's right-hand man out in the Dominican, he um, said to me, hey, you know, are you with anybody in the States? I had just struck out 13 in a game in the playoffs. And I said, no, I'm not with anybody. He goes, let me call the Mets. And I said, I just talked to the Mets two weeks ago. They had a double A job, $4,000 for me. And I can't take that right now. And he said, well, you know, let me talk to some people. Next thing I know, he calls <laughs> me two days later, uh, 10,000 triple A job and an invite to big league camp. And I thought I had to get pinched and everything else to see that it was actually true. And that gave me my opportunity. And two days into that, after that spring training, I got sent down. Two days later, Pedro pops his groin, and I'm back in the big leagues for the first time in four years. So, yeah, although I didn't take a job, I took a journey, that's for sure. I was hoping yeah. you were going to say you did, like, flip, like, cones at Carvel or something. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't as fun as I would have hoped. Switching to the sidearm reliever, that's 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 good enough to take another job. That's, yeah. like, oh, man. that's, on, that's on the bingo sheet for that, pitching trying to make Yeah. That. So that was that was a very scary thing because I'm trying out for the Seattle Mariners and um, Pedro Grafol, who was their field coordinator, was my double A catcher with the Mets in Binghamton. So I, he calls me up. He says, hey, you're here in Arizona. Let's give you a look. So I go and I pitch their pitching coordinator standing in the box watching me throw. And I'm throwing five pitches for strikes, you know, somewhat three arm angles. And uh, he's just standing there and he just I think he was being sarcastic, but he goes, hey, is that it? And I'm like, uh, no, I drop down sidearm, too, sometimes. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me see that. He's standing in the box. And I'm like, I haven't done this since high school. So 
let me just try it. I crank it out a couple of sidearm. I throw a couple of sinkers, a couple of sliders, even a split finger from down there. And he stands in there. He goes, man, I like that. And then he calls me in the office <laughs> and he says, hey, I want you to stick with this for a little while. Let's see how it goes. That's We're- ridiculous. That's a funny story. Yeah. We're here with the messed up guys. Mark Luino. Follow him on Twitter at GiraffeNeckMark. Check out his YouTube as well. And James Shiano at James underscore Shiano. Subway Series, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're four and a half games better than the Yankees right now. I mean, this is unbelievable, weather permitting. We'll see if Monday happens. There's rain in the forecast, but I think the weather reporters have been wrong a lot lately. So I'm not going to trust the 70% chance of rain at 7 p.m. We'll see what happens day of. But how are you guys feeling right now going into part two of the Subway Series? You're four and a half games better. You're four games above the Braves right now. Is this like a it's been a whirlwind ride of emotion since the trade deadline alone and all season? What's the feel right now? And how much do you like the Subway Series? Because there are people who don't like it. I'm in love with it. Yeah, I mean, I love it, too. I'm just such a Yankee hater that it's it's something that I enjoy because I feel like the Mets, especially recently, have had some decent success. But we couldn't have caught the Yankees at a better time. They're playing like the worst baseball. I think in all of baseball, I think I saw something with their record in the month of August. And it was them, the Marlins. The A's, the Nationals, like not a lot of teams you necessarily want to be associated with. And the Yankees are kind of the outlier, but they're playing bad baseball. We have Scherzer on the mound. Hopefully we have DeGrom or Taiwan, whichever one's going to end up pitching. Like I like our I like our odds a lot. We're playing good baseball. This should be this should be a fun series for Mets fans, I think. You also think back six weeks ago to when we had the first bout of this uh, Subway series in City Field, and that kind of ignited the Mets hot streak that sustained all the way through the end of July and just basically kept the second half rolling because we had those two losses to the Padres. Then you beat them. And right after that was that Yankee series. And after that was those two wonderful series against the, uh, the Marlins and the Nationals that coincide with Jacob deGrom's return. And it just Mets have kind of been going from there. So I, I'm excited to get this Yankee team again. It seems like this Mets team is a team that gets up for big games. They like having the emotion. They like feeling the energy. And I think that there's going to be lots of it in Yankee Stadium this week, whether it be negative or positive based on which fan base has a more of a uh, foothold. I'm just, I'm excited to hopefully hear some let's go Mets chance in Yankee Stadium because they're, they're, they're getting the boo birds out right now. Like there's, yeah. there's a good chance that the Mets fan base can take over that stadium like that, especially if, especially if it starts going bad early. They did, yeah. they did it the last few road trips, the Mets yeah. fans. And it's not even been the seven line. No, no, it's just people. And uh, someone, one of the players said it today. It's like they are so appreciative of every single stadium they go to on the road that there's such a massive contingency of Mets fans. It's basically been every series the second half because if I think back, Miami, there were mostly Mets fans there. Washington, mm-hmm. especially the Jake Day, mostly Mets yeah. fans there. Atlanta, there was a smattering of Mets fans, but it was definitely mostly Atlanta fans. But even this mm-hmm. weekend in Philadelphia, it seemed like we were kind of taking over that oh, ballpark. Amazing fan base we have here that we can do these things. You want to talk be- about take, taking over the ballpark? They had a Mets fan throw out the first pitch in yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> Andrew's name, the general, the seven-line army general, yes. threw out the freaking first pitch. And I, if I was a Phillies fan, I'd be kind of mad at that. Yeah, they got 1,500 tickets. You couldn't sell those tickets. You had to because <laughs> like this whole story is bizarre to me. You guys saw that. Would not be particularly pleased if I saw a Philly fan come out and throw a first pitch at City Field. I'd be like, how is how is this the choice? There was mm-hmm. nobody else. Like, do you not know anyone? Like, that is awesome, though, to go into <laughs> your rival stadium and throw out the first pitch. That's that's a big move. Yeah, 50 cent. I would rather see 50 cent right handed than that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you couldn't get like Bobby cheesesteak from Philly, like to throw out the first pitch. Like, how the hell did that like who approved that? That is wild <laughs> to me. We'll take it. But the Mets are just taking over opposing ballparks. And they're going to take over. Are you guys going on both or one of the two? 
I think I'll definitely be there Tuesday, Monday, still up in the air. That's going to be a game time decision, especially with this rain. Like I'm not, yeah, I'm not spending that money. I, I know you'll get it back, but like, we'll see how it goes with the well, rain. I think it would get moved to Wednesday, probably an afternoon game because the Yankees travel to Oakland. I'd almost be yeah, more interested exactly. in that. Yeah. Me too, but that's a little harder for some of us that have to you know, work jobs. <laughs> have work. Yeah. Mark, Mark's going to be doing videos. Uh, yeah, exactly. Over there. It's interesting because I, are you, you're going James to one or, or both? I'm, I'm going to try to go to one Tuesday night is what I've circled right now, especially Especially if Jake pitches, we're trying to, you know, work, work our and see if we can get, get some tickets rather than buy the $200 tickets that are available on online <laughs> right now. But we'll, we'll see how the week goes. All right. Well, I will be there. We'll have to have some tea and crumpets at the old Billy's and stands. I will say I do Those like that awesome. they have bars to go it's to. Killer. Like it's, yeah. it is a fun time where city field. We don't have yet. Not so. yet. Oh, yeah, those bars. One I've day. had enough hubcaps and tires in my life that I get outside the state. <laughs> yeah, you might need a muffler. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've told the story. I got a tire on one of those things no and it was like prostitutes for tires. They were like, come to me, come to me. And then there were an absurd amount of black cats. And I thought this was like the 69 <laughs> World Series all over again. There were black cats running through my legs as I went to get my friend's car a new tire because I got a flat tire on the way to get him a car wash. So that's the last time I do that. We're here with the host of Mets Up, the official Mets podcast with the Mets. Get them on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Busy week in Mets land. We also got Old Timers Day Saturday. Me and Fig, you'll be doing amazing but true after the game at Ebbs. Uh, Old Timers Day, a lot of guys. I want to go through some of the guys with you and see what players you guys are most excited to see starting off with managers. I think it's a pretty obvious list. No Davey uh, on the invite list, but Terry, Joe Torrey, Willie Randolph, Bobby Valentine. That was pretty simple. Catchers was interesting to me because you got Piazza, obviously, yeah. Hudley, obviously, Pratt, obviously. Uh, we'll see if he causes any trouble when he gets there. <laughs> if you follow him on Twitter, he is a whirlwind of emotions. Uh, you could check that out if you'd like. John Stearns as well. And then Josh Tolley. I yeah. mean, I get that he That's caught Johan, but I was a little mad that he's on the list because he was just so bad offensively, <laughs> so hard to watch. What do you guys think of the catchers? Yeah, I mean, like Piazza's the obvious one. That was my guy growing up. So anytime I get to watch him, you know, suit up and play a baseball game, even if it's absolutely meaningless, I'm completely in. But yeah, Josh Tolley was the name that you go, huh, okay. Josh Tolley's on on the uh, old-timers old a roster. You know what? They probably need a young guy to catch because let's be yeah, honest. That's exactly I don't it. think John oh. Stearns is going to be catching very much in this game. He will. I don't know how 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 many innings do they even play in old timers day? Yeah, I think that's Five. up for debate. I think that I think that's uh, let's see who's still uh, able to get through this thing. Yeah, we do it in fantasy camp, right? So Stearns, Pratt will catch. They have really? always done that. Okay. Yeah, Stearns is caught. Stearns is usually the like opening catcher. So if Doc is throwing out the first one then Stearns will catch him, gotcha. um, you know, so that that's usually how it has been. Stearns has been dealing with some issues that, with health issues over the last two years. I haven't seen him since, but um, Stearns would catch doc. And then you would have totally just joined us in fantasy camp this year. And he's only 34 years old. Yeah. So I was like, you, you can't be even at an old timers game, but he still has sound <laughs> knees. And uh, I guess he's going to be able to do at least mop up duty for catchers. He'll, he's basically the me of catchers. He's just going to make sure that they <laughs> Figure, can are you the, the Jeff Passon of Mets old timers? 
day. I mean, yeah, he's really, he's breaking all the news. No, no, no. But that, that in the second inning, you come a, in on this pitch. No, it's it's just a, it's just what we've done at fantasy camp, and I know who who's an able body and who's not going to be an able body. So the other guys are ceremoniously will be there. You know, I don't think Piazza's. I don't think Piazza's put on a catcher's gear since he's retired. And he didn't want to catch the last few years of his the career. First yeah. time, the first time you put on the gear after you've kind of you know let everything go the way you know nature intended. It doesn't look as cool as it used to, so I don't see him doing that. All right, let's go to the infielders here. You have Fonzie. Now, Fonzie is your manager, the Ferry Hawks, Figgy. Is he playing? We've discovered that you guys are the same age, which made you feel like a very old man. Uh, But is he going to play? No, it made me feel like a spring chicken. Are you kidding me? I feel so young now. Here, uh, He is going to play. Um, He is... Uh, a little limited. He had knee surgery back in February. So he's limited in his range of motion. But I think uh, what you're going to see is probably about 37 first basemen. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, or just they're going to have to really rely on analytics of the old timers game and play the shift and let it, hope it get it right at them. I'm excited as we go through this list, guys, and I'll, I'll let you guys respond to this. Fonzie Backman, Rico Bronia, Kevin Elster, Keith Hernandez will be fun. Hojo, Ray Knight, Ed Cranepool, Felix Mion. Uh, Rafael Santana, Tim Tuffle, and then guys of our elk, uh, James and Mark, our age group, you know, 20s, 30s. What are we, Gen Z? What are we, millennials? What are we? I think you're a millennial. We might be. We might be. Yeah. We're we're on the edge. I mean, I didn't have MySpace. Did you have a MySpace? (laughs) I I didn't, no. MySpace wasn't a dating app. That's why he didn't have it. (laughs) Here he goes. (laughs) No longer on dating apps. They're all deleted. So I'm living my best natural natural life breaking news here on the pod. Uh, We'll see if I ever get back on again. But the guys I'm excited to see are Reyes Murphy, you know, our current guys and not really excited to Todd Zeal, but Murphy Reyes, I think will be fun to see. But what do you guys think of the infielders? Uh, Yeah, Murphy and Reyes were the two uh, immediate guys and Robin Ventura, too, just because like that early 2000s of the Mets is like something that sticks with me a lot. James likes to laugh and he's like, you don't remember the 2000 World Series, but I remember the team. I remember players. I I was nine. He was was like six, four years old. Yeah, you remember (laughs) plenty of things. We're going to do that. We're going to, I'm going to go through the entire roster one day, but uh, you do, you do all your sporkle stuff. That's not even going to hold, that's not going to bear any truth to what you actually remember from your, your, your childhood. I'm you were a toddler. I was four. I, had, I could throw a baseball over that over the mountains. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uncle Rico over here. I can't believe you guys are talking about infielders and we haven't mentioned Ed Cranepool, the forever man. Ed oh, Cranepool is getting this is his due. This old timers day is like yes. 80% about Ed Cranepool here. Still holding a lot of these old time Mets oh, records mm-hmm. as a Met when he was a teenager back in 1962. <laughs> He's the Don LaGreca rant about Ed Cranepool, we played on the podcast as much as we can at this point. And so it's just classic. It's one of the all timers. He, this is, this day is for Ed. I'm very happy Ed Cranepool is going to get a fantastic ovation from the City Field Faithful. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, management ownership has learned their lesson about not giving people their flowers while they're alive. Because yeah. the statue was finally brought to life and it was unfortunately, you know, a year too short. I think that's the biggest thing is that you don't want these guys um, feeling like you didn't care. It's not even them. It's about the fans. It's right. So it should be about the fans. I know it's it's their money and it's their ballpark and they want to do it the way they want to do it. But man, does it look is such a bad look on the Wilpons as far as fan base for all the things that they didn't do. I, I, I was talking about it with uh, Cleon Jones when we talked to Jones about, you know, how with this new stadium and they did the rotunda based on the Brooklyn Dodgers and Jackie Robinson, that's great. 
But you know what? On the outside, those neon lights of Shea yep. Stadium, how could you not do that around the whole ballpark? Mm. You had more surface area now to cover. How can you not have great Mets moments and have them kind of that animated neon? So, like, you could see the play in action still being in neon. So, yeah. Andy Chavez's catch, Cleon Jones catching that last you know, the, holding it above his head and then bringing it all the way down. Or Roscoe throwing up the glove and the glove going up in neon lights, you know, that kind of thing. How can you not have those great moments just around the ballpark so that, you know, as you're bringing in your son, your daughter, your grandson, you can point to them and tell them exactly what that was about. Then they can YouTube it and see it in action and really feel a part of Mets history. Like those great moments that stick out for us, they have no idea. But if you make it a neon sign and they have to ask about it, Boom. Let them find out through YouTube what it was actually like, and they'll be able to enjoy it as well. I'm all for the neon coming back. The neon is like, that's, I feel like anybody who's a Mets fan, that's ingrained in your memory. Yeah. Shout out to Athletes Logo. They uh, do a great job. And he has one of Andy Chavez as like a lamp, uh, you know, that you would <laughs> want to have in your bedroom, just have it up on the wall. You know, you could see Andy Chavez doing that all night long. And I think that's one of the great things, right? I, the iconic moments. You have the David Wright fist pump against the Nationals when they, you know, took that lead and came back in that game when Cespedes, you know, helped them take over. And that fist pump over home plate, you could have the, that kind of moment. All those different things. Because, I mean, yes, it's money, but since our new owner has money the experience as a fan would be so enhanced and, and you would come out of there wanting to know more about the history of this team wanting to know more about the ups and downs of this team two championships you know and we all sit here with bated breath at what could possibly be next and i think you have to know where you came from to appreciate where we're going yeah i think that's the beauty of all these shows that we do like there's so much that has gotten yeah. into like Mets fandom even over uh, the, a lifetime of us three spring chickens over here. the last 20 years of the Mets are some of the craziest of any sports team any, that you could even <laughs> conceive in the history of the world and it's just very nice to see a lot of these guys come back and get their due especially a guy like Andy Chavez who's actually doing fantastic things in the organization as a coach right now down in the yeah. uh He's in the FCL, correct? I believe so, yeah. The team's apparently like making waves and he's it's very cool to see a player who I personally like loves as a child. I just loves his game. Great, great fielder, great base runner, just one of these like sl- sneaky athlete guys. See him still make an impact in the organization and come back for his flowers. It's so cool for us in the prime of our fanhood of this special season and why I think the three of us are soaking it in as much. We're a part of it, doing these podcasts, covering this team, being at the stadium every day it's like a magical experience and seeing like a regular season wins to us are huge like this kind of win is like a world series win to us we're like to the yankees it would be nothing so we're kind of just enjoying this ride in this day-to-day roller coaster and how many magical wins you know against philly alone the two comebacks and a freaking no hitter against one team 14 and 5 against the phillies the most they've had against them in franchise history other one was 2015 where they also made the world series so every day has been like a parade for us. But that Phillies team in 2015 was horrific. They're one of the worst teams in all of baseball. This is a borderline playoff team. Like if Phillies didn't have to play the Mets this year, you'd be talking about them as like the class of the National League. You excluded their defense, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, here we go with the defense. It's their bullpen, bro. I don't care about the defense. Hey, Keith. Keith got all the you know all the hate about the you know, the talking about the defense. I'm not talking about the defense. I'll talk about their bullpen. So I'm blue in the face. That <laughs> bullpen is horrific. Really helped defense. us out this series, which was nice. Yes. Yeah. The defense is worse. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see Benny Agbayani. One of yes. the outfield. I yes. loved Benny. I always tell the story that I was listening. I'm on a Walkman at my brother's marching band show when he hit the homer against the Giants in game three, or I was on a portable TV and they were doing the awards and I was under the bleachers yelling and they were like, who is this kid yelling? It was me yelling about Benny Agbayani's home run. Andy, I'm excited. 
Cliff, I know Cliff Floyd's knees have like broken down a little bit, but I'm sure he'll play <laughs> a little bit, maybe an inning. And mm-hmm. Steve Henderson, Cleon Jones, who we just had on the podcast, Lee Mazzilli, who a friend of the show, Kevin Mitchell, Jay Payton, another one yep. I'll pump for. Wow. I had his jersey back in the day. Might still fit me with my fat, no. fat boy. Uh, <laughs> no. XL, Jake, nine-year-old. It might, it might be an XL. Art Shamsky, Daryl Strawberry. Ra- Strawberry will not play, but will be there. Friend of the program, Ron Swoboda who will talk your ear off about any topic imaginable, including like tuna <laughs> fish and Chinese food to us once. Um, Frank Thomas and Mookie Wilson, who said he's excited to play and is in shape. Also a minister ordains your wedding. Guys, I'm excited about this outfield list. Yeah, Benny, Benny Agbayani is a guy that's like one of those cult hero classics of the Mets world where it's like small time with them, but everybody remembers Benny Agbayani. I'm also really excited about Jay Payton like you too, Jake. And then Art Shamsky, just because that's a name that I feel like I've heard forever. It feels All like right. everybody from like, you know, that time period always brings up Art Shamsky. And he just has one of the fun, more cool baseball stats ever where he hit four home runs and four consecutive at bats, and he pinch hit in both of those games. So there's a fun <laughs> little fact for you. I like that a couple guys from this outfield list. First of all, Lee Mazzilli, local kid, uh, former heartthrob. My mom still talks about Lee Mazzilli back. Everybody's in the day. mom does. Yeah, Jake's yeah, mom. Watch my, mom, my mom tutored him in high school. <laughs> no I, I don't way. know if he was the brightest, brightest guy. What's the tool in the shed? Sharpest tool in the shed. Sharpest tool in the Brightest crayon yeah, over yeah. here. It'll, it'll be cool to get him there, local yeah. kid. And then. Two guys who had somewhat unceremonious exits from the Mets who were great players, helped them win World Series, Cleon Jones and Kevin Mitchell. Very cool to see them come back and the mm-hmm. team accept them with open arms because the way they left the organization was kind of bizarre when it happened. This this list is also funny because like a lot of these guys had shorter stints with the Mets than you know maybe some of the infielders that we were looking at. Yeah. Looking at a lot of like three years, four years, five years on the team, some of these guys. But kind of funny. Finally, Figgy pitchers, Bartolo. Uh, I, I think you just spoke to him. I couldn't mm-hmm. hear it because it was in Spanish and I, I just uh, you could maybe translate for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bartolo, I guess he, he's he been pitching. So I, he might be one of the first pitchers that comes out there. Listen, Bar- Bartolo can still pitch. Um, And, and uh, wait, am I am I older than him? <laughs> yeah, check that yeah, too. Sure. I'm, I'm somewhere older than him or right around his age, but his, uh, li- his listed age. His listed yeah. age is that <laughs> he's, he's 49, so he's a little, May 24th of 73. So he's got, I forget when your birthday is 18th. Uh, so he's a year older. He's yep. a year older than me. But yeah, no, Bartolo's ready to go. He's good to go. Um, I thought Cespedes was in this thing, isn't he? He uh, was originally. I don't I think. see his name. He was. He's remember, he was list. originally in it. I remember because they announced Bartolo and Cespedes together on that same day. So interesting. To, I, I think you can't put Cespedes in this thing. He would kill people. You um, can't put him on the same field still, as Ed yeah, Cranepool. He still has 110 <laughs> exit velocity. Come on, man. That that had to be like a hey. You know what? You need to be like not pl- have played in a game in the last six years or have some kind of restraint from trying to kill everyone involved. Small piece of me would like to see Cespedes step in the box against Billy Wagner. I feel like Billy Wagner can yes. still bring the heat. He's my pick here to definitely throw the hardest ball in this game. I really hope it's Josh Tolley catching Billy Wagner yeah. instead of um John Stearns, for example. But <laughs> a lot of these pitchers, I think, will be funny to see. I'm like, I know McDowell's going to come out there and try to throw Chad, do everything he can. Pat Mahomes is yes, a really is. cool and hilarious inclusion on this list. That'd be kind of cool. if uh, I mean, I'm sure he's not going to come season's like in two weeks, but... Cool, Patrick Mahomes Jr. was there. But then we got Franco, another local guy, Sid Fernandez, Darling. I didn't even know Darling was on this list. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there's there's some names on this one. I think the funniest one's Mike Hampton just because of how he left. Yeah, but we were talking about before, right? If Mike yeah. Hampton doesn't leave, we'd never get David Wright. Who is not on the list? However, 
I do think this is going to be one of those, you know, secret things where he pops up out of nowhere. Here comes and, Jeff, you know, Jeff Pass and Figueroa again. No, I just do. I just do. I just think if, <laughs> there's there's two people that I think that if you had a chance to do it uh, to like really excite the fan base about this whole thing uh, out of nowhere, like the bullpen door open and wild thing will start playing. But it's going to be Lenny Dykstra running out to center field, <laughs> smoking a cigarette the whole time. Lenny right. announced his, that he was going to be the old timers day. And apparently there was no there was no reciprocation right right so that this is where i'm saying i think he he might have let the cat out the bag a little bit i think they're trying to keep it under wraps but the same know. thing with but the same thing with david wright right or either either or or lenny's just going to show up on his own and crash the party i mean that, honestly, that's that's, that's that i think is going to happen this, that's going to be inc- I, uncomfortable for everyone <laughs> have video outside because he's going to be the guy trying to bang down the gate to get in and maybe my girl gina at the security will have to not let him in or someone at one of the gates is he's going to be, gonna be he's going to streak he's going to streak right across the field <laughs> It's the Eric Andre meme. He he famously did that to the Barstool office a couple of years ago because he was doing some kind of work with them. Then they were like, this guy's a bit of a loose cannon. Maybe we should stop. And allegedly one day he just showed up and they were like, yeah, oh, you're not oh, no. here anymore. <laughs> Lenny no. stole me twenty dollars for a taxi, and he showed up to the studio. You? He, yeah, because we had him. I had him in studio on my podcast with CBS, and he brought his trading cards because he lost his ID. So he had his Mets <laughs> and his Phillies upper deck cards to check into the WFAN building with security. And luckily, the security knew him. He's like, "Oh, baseball player." I'm like, "Yeah." He showed him the two cards. Like, "All right, you're good." It's the first time that's ever happened. He's that's coming in again. Awesome. That's exactly how he's coming in again. You know that, right? <laughs> Oh, it's a lock. So I know, but I think, but I do think that something's going to happen where David's going to show up. There's no way that an old timers game, although David's going to, David doesn't want to, I don't think he wants to be called an old timer. I know. I think the scar is a little too still like new. Has he touched 40 yet? He's 39, turns 40 in December. So I that's the like, thing. I don't think he wants to do it before 40. I feel and, uh, like he would be such a huge draw, too, that they would probably announce him because that would probably get like a few more people there. But I like the idea that there could be someone sneaky that appears. Yeah. I just I don't know if he'll be as big as David Wright. That would be my only. Who could it yeah. be, though? I mean, that's well, like the one that makes the most sense. We'll yeah. take him over Lenny. Like, I think more, <laughs> yes, more yeah, 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 take yeah. David Wright over Lenny Dykstra. Doc, who told, broke the news to us that he would. I think start. So we'll see how nice. he's doing. John Franco's an interesting name. Ken. Then there's some randoms. I mean, Ken McKenzie, Ed Lynch, I think end of the show of a, yep. a voicemail for us about mm-hmm. his excitement. Johan, I'm excited to see. Yeah. And, you know, if Steve Traxel comes in, the Mets Rockies game's not starting until 10 p.m. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. human rain delay. Let's hope there's not actual rain in the forecast on Saturday, but it'll be a late start if he pitches. But looking forward to seeing him as well. Well, Sunday's Mets win, guys, was absolute scenes as your <laughs> guest, uh, UK Mets NYC. Darren, Darren, uh, Darren came on. So you guys could check out the Mets stuff podcast on the Mets YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Mark Luino at Giraffe Nick Mark, James Shiano at James underscore Shiano. Fun little crossover, guys. Oh, yeah. I'll see you at the ballparks this week. And uh, thanks for coming on Amazing But True. Thanks for having us on. We'll see you around. Thank you. Take guys. care, Good boys. To see you. Cheers. Good to see you. The vodka sodas didn't work out. It was it was a beer day, so I'm sorry to my dietitian. All right, thanks to the Mets Up podcast, Mark and James, for joining us. As that says, good night to episode 118 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Andrew Hartz, for producing the show as always. Catch up on all episodes of Amazing But True by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Write a nice review, please, on Apple, and we appreciate your support. Well, we have coming up to end the show after this, we'll hear a 
few voicemails from Mets old timers that will be playing or just be in attendance on Saturday and their feel for the big day on Saturday. And for Nelson Figueroa, Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. We will be back Saturday live from Ebbs Brewing Co. outside City Field. That's the right field gate outside City Field. Come on down after the Mets Rockies game. It'll be around 1030. We'll say 11 p.m. to be safe because if it goes anywhere close to uh, Sunday's game, we might be there at 1 a.m. So hopefully uh, we get a nice three-hour or sub-three-hour game as that show will be presented by your Tri-State Cadillac Deers. We'll see you in the Bronx for the Subway Series. We'll see you Saturday after Old Timers Day. Figgy, what a week, what a team, and we'll close it out as always before Mets Old Timers coming up next. We'll say three words, and they are... Let's let's go go Mets. Mets. Pretty in unison. Enjoy the Old Timers. Thanks. I uh, really looking forward to Old Timers Day. Reminds me of when I was a kid a long time ago when the Mets had uh, Old Timers Day. Now that I'm being part of it, um, I'm happy that the new owners, uh, Steve Cohen and his wife Alex, decided to bring it back. Uh, looking forward to seeing some of my old teammates from the 2000 team and some of the guys in the early 90s. Probably the guys that I would like to face most would maybe be uh, Cespedes or Daniel Murphy. And on the current Mets, uh, I would love to challenge uh, Pete Alonso, McNeil, and Brandon Nemo. I think those three guys give some great quality at bats. Uh, hope well as well, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Nelson, <laughs> Ed Lynch. I'll tell you the greatest thing about uh, being invited to pitch in the Mets old-timers game is I grew up in New York. My family's from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up in Westchester County and, and Dutchess County. Moved to Florida when I was 12, but, you know, that love of the Mets uh, has never died. And uh, the biggest thrill for me is I remember my dad took me to old-timers day when I was a kid. And to see those guys out there, and now I'm one of them. You know, the great thing is, you know, we all were so blood and guts back then and kill or be killed, and now we're a bunch of old guys. <laughs> And we realized those were the greatest years of our lives. And to be a part of that and be invited back to something like that is, is incredible. Now, there's two guys that I wanted to throw to. They told me I can only throw to one hitter. So I want to give up a home run, okay? So I'm going to invite Daryl Strawberry to be my the guy that I face. And I'm sure he'll gladly do it because he saw how bad my stuff was back in the 80s. So he'd love to hit off me. So I'm hoping he'll hit a home run. The second guy would be Keith Hernandez. But who wants to see a line drive double in the gap like he used to hit off me all the time? So nobody wants to see that. So I'm going to get straw, no last straw, and I'll throw him. I'm not throwing from the rubber. Uh, every year I get on that rubber, the plate gets further and further away. It looks like it's 127 feet right now. So I'm going to throw in front of the rubber. I told, I'm told i going to tell straw, listen, I'll throw you a, a piece of crap cutter that starts on the outer half and then cuts crotch high, middle end. So you better hit it out of the park. So I'm sure he'll agree to it because he wants to be a hero too. Take care. Bye-bye. Figgy, it's one of your old teammates and former Met, Glendon Rush. If I could go back in time, I would love to face, as a, if I was a hitter, face, of course, Nolan Ryan, Tom Seaver, Dwight Gooden would be at the top of my list. Uh, those guys for sure. And current guys, I'd love to stand in the box against Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, no doubt. I, I guarantee I'd go hitless against all five of those guys, but that would be a lot of fun to stand in the box against them. Hope you're doing great. I'm looking forward to being at Old Timers Day. Can't wait to be there, put a uni on, and be around all the guys that I played with and against and all the former players that I grew up watching uh, that were Mets. Looking forward to it.